Good morning, everyone. This morning's reading is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 14 to 22, and it can be found on page 196 of the Church Bible. That's 196. The nations you will dispossess listen to those who practice sorcery or divination. But as for you, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do so. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. For this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire any more, or we will die. The Lord said to me, What they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, is to be put to death. You may say to yourselves, how can we know when a message has not been spoken by the Lord? If what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. That prophet has spoken presumptuously, so do not be alarmed. Thank you very much, Alison, for reading. To keep that... Um page open in front of you. As, we, as John already reminded us this morning, we expect God to speak to us this morning as we open the Bible uh, together. So it'll help you to have that in front of you so you can check that what I'm saying is coming from there. Let's pray as we begin this morning. Lord, in the past you have spoken through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days... You have spoken to us through your Son, and we pray that we would hear his voice this morning, and in his name we pray. Amen. I wonder if you've noticed that Halloween seems to be getting uh, bigger by the year, certainly around here. More people seem to be decorating their houses, holding gatherings, parties, and the like, and someone is making a lot of cash out of all of this, I'm sure. Whatever you think about the origins of it, whether good or bad, for as long as I can remember at least, there's always been an association between Halloween and the occult. For some, it has started them down a very dark path. Walked into uh, Waterstones just over a week ago now, and I noticed that they stock far more books on spells, witchcraft, magic, and astrology than on the Bible and related books. Fortune-telling, 
horoscopes, spiritualism, divination, necromancy, spirit guides, tarot, palmistry, Ouija boards, seances. Don't worry if you don't know what all of those things are. But there is all kinds of occult literature uh, out there. And they're not only available, but apparently popular. People have an appetite, a real appetite, for words that can come from beyond uh, this world. When Israel walked into the land of Canaan, they walked into a similar situation. They witnessed all kinds of occult practices, such as sorcery or divination. Uh, And that was how people sought to hear the voice of the divine. But Moses said, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do that. We live in a world of great fear and uncertainty, and I guess we all feel it, especially at the moment. So it is not surprising that people seek divine words. Not surprising at all. But God has only authorized one source of supernatural knowledge. Prophecy. Now our subject this morning is the Lord speaking to us by the greatest of all prophets, our Lord Jesus Christ himself. And our aim this morning is that we we start or recommit ourselves to God's imperative, God's command to us, which is this, that we must listen to him and to no one else. Now, for an anchor, we'll uh, use verse 15 and we'll divide it into three parts or three uh, chunks. Let me read verse 15 of Deuteronomy chapter 18. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. So firstly, first chunk of that verse that we're going to look at in Deuteronomy 18, the Lord will raise up a prophet. Now we see God's grace in this promise when we see our need of a prophet. And this became apparent to God's people when God spoke to them from Mount Sinai, a.k.a. Mount Horeb. Out of the fire and out of the earthquake, they heard the voice of God and they were terrified They said to Moses, if we hear God's voice anymore, we will die. I wonder how many of us were awake on uh, Tuesday Tuesday night during the storm. And we all know, don't we, that awe-inspiring sound as thunder rolls overhead. Even the bravest heart amongst us, if we're not made to tremble, we are at least made to sort of bow in awe before it all. And yet this day at Sinai wasn't the full voice of God. It was but a whisper of God when they heard him that day. You see, even the powerful presence of God, and I've not even mentioned his holiness and our sinfulness, even his presence is just overwhelming. And it teaches us that we need somebody to mediate, to relay his words to us if we're going to hear him. 
What this experiment at Sinai showed was that we are utterly incapable of, as men and women of hearing God's, God's word directly. And if we do, we will, we will fall apart at the seams. We'll come undone. Even the great man Moses was left quaking in his boots that day, full of fear. And so, very kindly, the people volunteered Moses. They said to him, How about, Moses, you go near to God, you hear what he has to say, come back to us and then share it, and we'll do it. Well, the Lord agreed that that was a good plan. So he determined not only to speak through Moses as a prophet, but always to speak through prophets at various times and places through history to his people. Until one day when he would speak and reveal all he wanted to say through one mouth, one prophet, far greater than all the others. The Lord promised to raise up a second and greater Moses. Now, we can be certain that this prophet was our Lord Jesus Christ. Both Peter and Stephen in Acts chapter 3 and 7 testify to that fact. They said, the Lord has raised up Jesus Christ and raised him up to deliver God's words to us in an utterly unique way. And we must listen to him. Now, Christ's ministry as prophet is, is something we, we move past quite quickly often, I think. We, we rush on to think about him as, as king or as priest and his death on the cross. I understand that. But we must remember that right at the very start of his ministry, we read in Luke chapter 4 that Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news. See, Christ saw his preaching and teaching ministry as absolutely critical to what he was doing. And not only at the start, also at the end of his ministry. Christ said to Pilate, the reason I was born, the reason I was born and came into the world is, I wonder how you'd finish that sentence. Somebody asked you, why did Jesus, why was he born? Why did he come into the world? Did he come to, to rule? Did he come to heal? Did he come to die? Yes, but this is what he said. The reason I was born and came into this world is to testify to the truth. So the Lord raised up Christ to be the prophet that this dark world needs. At our light party on Tuesday, Lisa was explaining to, to the children that when the lights are off, bad things happen. So she had, so we turned the lights off, and she had um, Andrew coming across on the, and falling off a, a scooter, and Victoria putting on uh, clothes back to front, and Caroline making a cake and throwing flour all, all over the place. It was great fun. But the serious point was that the darkness vividly describes our spiritual ignorance that people of this world stumble around blindly 
to their own destruction. And willingly, because men and women love the darkness because we love to do evil things. John 3.19. But in his great grace, God has raised up a prophet for us. He calls himself the light of the world. And he comes so that we might not walk in darkness and so that we might have the light of life. So now, that we, now we can understand why it was the greatest act of mercy for the Lord to make this promise through Moses to raise up this prophet. And throughout history, God has time and time again raised up many prophets to reveal his will. But for us, in the, living in the last days before Christ's return, he has raised up the prophet whose ministry surpasses all other prophets. How come? Well, this is related to our next point. It's because of who this prophet is. So there was no way that we could bear to hear God's voice directly. So God has raised up a prophet. Here's our second chunk from verse 15. A prophet like Moses and a brother. So verse 15, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, that is, that's Moses speaking, from among you, from your fellow Israelites. And repeated just down a couple of verses, verse 18, I will raise up for them a prophet like you, says God to Moses, from among their fellow Israelites. So first then, the prophet will be like Moses. And there are loads of um, comparisons between Moses and Christ. You might like to sort of see how many you can come up with uh, after, the, after the service. It's a little bit of a game. But we don't need to guess here what comparison the Lord had in mind. Because later, Deuteronomy says, No prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, and who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt. So the prophet is like Moses in that he enjoys face-to-face intimacy with God, and like Moses in that he is authenticated by wielding the miraculous power from God in those two ways. So the Lord uh, spoke face to face with Moses as a man speaks to his friend. Now the idiom here doesn't mean that, that Moses actually saw the face of, of God. What it means is it's kind of like when we say at a heart to heart with somebody. The, the point is it's a, it's a picture of real and great intimacy. Moses and God had intimate communication. So whenever Moses spoke to the people... He wasn't kind of like passing on a, a second or third hand message, but one that he had directly received from a place of great intimacy. But when the great prophet came, he came from a place of the greatest intimacy and the deepest knowledge of God. 
So one of our Christmas verses, John 1.18. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and who is in the closest relationship with the Father, he has made him known. Our Lord Jesus Christ, says John, literally came from, came from the bosom of the Father, from the heart of the Father, from the place of the greatest intimacy with the Father. He is the very self-expression of God to us. And so why would anybody choose vague, shadowy messages whispered through fallible men when God has raised up a prophet like Moses, but greater than Moses, who speaks from the very heart of God himself to us. Also, Moses was authenticated by God, by miraculous powers, turning the Nile to blood, raising up swarms of flies and frogs, parting the Red Sea so the Israelites could walk through on dry land. And Christ, like Moses, wielded this extraordinary miraculous power by which he was authenticated by God the Father. But there is a difference here. Notice, when Moses wielded this power, he did so in order to judge and to destroy Christ displayed God's power in order to save and to heal. Jesus went about preaching and healing every disease and illness. He fed 5,000 people. And after the people saw the sign that Jesus performed, they began to say, John 6, 14, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Or John 9, the the Pharisees turned to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened, and the man replied, he is a prophet. Or when Jesus raised the son of the widow of Nain, they were all filled with awe and praised God, and they said, a great prophet has appeared among us. God has come to help his people. And this teaches us that we should receive Christ's teachings with great reverence and awe. For he is an extraordinary person. He is the Son of God, the beloved of God. When he speaks, he he, he doesn't speak as somebody who's done research about God. No, no, no. He speaks as God who knows God the Father in the most intimate manner and as one authenticated by many astonishing miracles. But as well as uh, noticing that he is a prophet like Moses, I just want us to stop and notice that that the text says he's he's also a brother. He is from among you, from your fellow Israelites. Literally, it says, in the Hebrew, it says he he is a brother, a a blood relation, a kinsman. 
And it just keeps repeating it in this passage. And I think the repetition is there because it's to suggest he is someone with the committed compassion that often arises within a family situation. The prophet, when he speaks, he will be the sort of person who tempers his dealings with tenderness and with kindness towards his people. We read in Hebrews that Christ and his people are of the same family So Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. Isn't that wonderful? This brotherly affection is especially significant in in the light of the terrors of Sinai. The Lord knew that we just couldn't bear the majesty of his thunderous voice and fiery glory. So he determined to raise up human voices who would relay his words. And in Christ, the greatest prophet, God condescends. He comes down to speak to us in a voice that we can receive and accept. And the miracles he does suggests that when he speaks, he comes to bring us healing and wholeness. He comes to help and not condemn. Christ our prophet was truly man, so truly human that you could have walked past him in the street and not even have sensed his divinity. And he spoke with his human voice, using his human experiencing experiences and his human thought forms and his human ways of expression so that we could receive it. You see, when Christ opens his mouth, it was not only we, we not only hear the voice of God, but we also hear the tender voice of our brother. And let this encouraging us, knowing how full of sin uh, we are, we know it. But God comes and speaks to us as one who is humble and gentle, clothed in frail flesh, sinless flesh, but just like us. So hear him call you to come to him and to learn from him. And yes, to find rest from him. Hear him pronounce his blessing on you this morning, you who are poor in spirit or who are mourning or who are lonely or feel like nobodies or who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness in this dark world. Hear him bless you. Certainly, the Lord Jesus has some very difficult things to say to us. But remember, he speaks to us not only as creator to created, not only as Lord to servant, but as brother to brother and sister. The Lord has raised up a prophet like Moses and a brother. And here's our third chunk of verse 15. You must listen to him. Verse 15. You must listen to him. 
in Deuteronomy as a whole, there are 91 occurrences of the verb that means to listen. It's a massive theme, in other words. And it's more than just listening with the ears. It's kind of a heart thing. It's, it's about listening with faith. It's about whole life obedience. And the ultimate reason why we're to listen to God's prophets is that when he speaks, when the prophet speaks, God speaks. Because the Lord says, I will put my words in his mouth. And he will tell them, verse 18, everything I have commanded him. And the contrast here, again, is with occult knowledge, which, though it may contain truthful elements, will always ultimately deceive and distort because the voice of the occult is ultimately the voice of Satan, who is the father of lies and who comes to kill and to destroy. We must instead listen to Jesus who said, my teaching is not my own, but comes from him who sent me. Do you remember how on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus is is there with Peter and James and John, and Elijah and Moses, the the two great prophets of the Old Testament, they, they appear at that point. And then what happens? Well, then what happens is that God the Father shows up and a cloud comes down and they can't see anything and um, the whole point is is that they're supposed to use their their ears not to look and you, you might want to close your eyes now at this point because God audibly speaks and this is very very unusual in the scripture they can't see anything at all and God says this this is my son whom I love Listen to him. And they open their eyes. And Moses and Elijah are gone. Here is the point. Christ is the living, personal revelation of God. He is more than a prophet. He is the Lord of prophets. He is more than a messenger. He is the message. One theologian, Robert Lethem, says... As the incarnate Son of God, he was infinitely greater than any of the prophets of the Old Testament. They were sinners. He's the Holy One. They were God's servants. He is God's Son. So we must listen to him. And if we refuse to listen to Jesus Christ, well, the tough news is that we face God's judgment because God says... Verse 19, do you see it there? I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. When the nation of Israel failed, refused to listen to Jesus Christ, God called them to account. And in AD 70, the Romans invaded with catastrophic results. But the warning is for us as well. As we sung earlier, if we're wise and we, we build our lives on the words of the Lord Jesus, then our house will stand firm. 
But if we refuse to do that, if we're foolish and we ignore and refuse the words of the Lord Jesus, our house will be the house on the sand. And when the judgment comes, our lives will fall with a great crash. Everyone, says God, must listen to Jesus Christ. See, if Christ is the prophet we've seen him to be, then we must come to him. Us who are born blind, ignorant, stumbling around in spiritual darkness, we must come to Christ. And those of us who are like the man born blind, whom Jesus healed in two stages, you remember that? He began to see, but he saw men as trees walking. And maybe you are like that. You see that Jesus Christ is special, very special, but you don't yet see his full glory. You are partial sighted and you must come to Christ and you must beg him to enable you to fully see his glory. And others here should come to him too. Perhaps many, many of us who have received more light, much more light, but it, it is as if We've kind of drawn the curtains, so to speak. So that at the moment, the light that is coming from Christ to us is, is not, really, it's not really penetrating. It's not really bringing us the warmth and the comfort and the joy and the godliness that God intends for us. Everyone who wants to know God must come to Jesus Christ. The Lord has raised him up as our great prophet, greater than Moses and a brother, and we must listen to him. And it's not enough for us to just grow in our knowledge of the Bible. That's a good thing, okay? I'm not downplaying that. But it's not enough to just grow in our knowledge of the Bible. We can do that. We can know that Christ is the Savior and even agree that belief in Christ is the way to eternal life. But even demons believe that. But the ministry of Christ is greater than the ministry of Moses. Christ can bring what Moses could never bring. Christ's light can penetrate our souls, bringing not only an intellectual knowledge, but an experiential knowledge of God. Many of you here know what I'm talking about. You not only know God's truth, you have a relish for it. You desire it. It brings you life and joy. It changes you. Thank God. This is the ministry of Jesus the prophet. Rejoice. But at the same time, let us ask ourselves, how obedient are we really? How much light is really penetrating? And how much are we deflecting away? Everyone who desires more light should come to this prophet. God has raised up Jesus Christ for this reason. Every other source of light is shadow, is darkness. Only Jesus Christ can illumine our hearts and instruct our minds in the way that leads to eternal life. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but we'll have the light of life. Let's pray.
We thank you, our Father, for providing a source of supernatural, divine, spiritual knowledge and light. Thank you that you haven't provided a source, but the source, the light of the world. Help us to follow him. Help us to listen to him so that we might never stumble, not today, nor on the day when he returns in glory to judge the world. Amen.